There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports, whether it's on the gridiron. For the end zone, it's Jefferson who's got the touchdown. On the court. Edwards thinking three and popping a three. On the ice. It's Caprice up with an open net. Or on the diamond. Buxton hammers that to left field. Another Minnesota home run. Whether it's positive. I think this is a good enough roster to make the playoffs. Or negative. He's terrible. Awful. Don't get it. Don't understand it. Whether there's optimism. Hey, they might be able to even make it to a conference final. Or pessimism. Don't expect me to be super excited. I mean, I don't know. Does this really do much for anybody? There's always something to chat about. Shout out to Minnesota Sports Chat. Keep on being elite. If you're looking for fun, informative, discussion on all things Minnesota sports, you've come to the right place. This is Minnesota Sports Chat, and now, here's your host, Ross Brendel. You know, in real life, non-Minnesota Sports Chat life, I don't believe I get that worked up, but let's ask the man who helped put that open together, who is the guest on edition number 124 of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat, award-winning, if only in my own mind. Today's guest, my good buddy from Jazz88 and Score North, at Manny Hill 84 on the Twitter machine. Do I really get that worked up on this podcast and in real life? I, I Maybe I do. I probably do. I don't know if you've gotten worked up on this podcast that much, other than that particular clip. But I have seen you get worked up in my 17 years of knowing you. I have seen you get pretty worked up. I think just mentioning, like, mentioning, I don't know, a name like Kim Janssen or something. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. (laughs) I was recording uh, Before We Die earlier today with Jesse Pierce and Thor Nystrom, now part of the uh, Purple Daily Podcast Network. And Thor mentioned Nick Punto. And that got my blood boiling a little bit. And not necessarily, right. not necessarily because I don't like Nick Punto. Nick Punto was fine. It's just what Je- it's. Excuse me. It's what Thor brought up is that Ron Gardenhire liked to treat him like a Hall of Fame 500 at bat a year player, and that's what drove me more crazy than anything. But that's that's got nothing to do with why we're here. I want to quick hit you on a few topics, primarily Gophers football, and then a little bit on the Twins and just some general Vikings thoughts because we're recording this. On Monday, August 29th, I got to get back into the Tuesday records, but I got to get through the State Fair first. And the reason why I bring up the Monday-Tuesday thing, Manny, by the time a lot of people listen to this podcast, or at least a good chunk, we'll know the Vikings 53-man roster. So we're not going to do that game. There's plenty of other great pods that can do that, including Before We Die, get it wherever you get your podcast when you're searching Purple Daily. But I do want to spend most of the time on the Golden Gophers and particularly New Mexico State. The Gophers take on New Mexico State this Thursday night at Huntington Bank Stadium. They are 36.5-point favorites. And, Manny, I want to play you some audio from the former, one of the former Gopher football head coaches, Mr. Jerry Kill. This is him on returning to Minnesota after his squad lost to double digits at home to Nevada last Saturday. Can I humor you with the next uh, minute and 20 and then we'll break it down, okay? Lay it on me. What do you got? This is from J.P. Groves on Twitter. Hat tip to him for this just wonderful piece of audio from a man I'm going to try not to rip too much when this is done. My return to Minnesota is this. I had a great time when I was there. We did a good job when I was there. We, uh, you know, we turned the program around when we was there. Uh, 
the guys there now, I mean, he, he kept it going where it needed to be, and that's, that looks good upon us. Uh, but, you know, going back to Minnesota, I know I'm going to get to see my granddaughter. I'm excited about that. Um, but and a lot of people that I know. Uh, but, uh, you know, it'll be tough. You know, it, it'll be tough. But I don't want the game about me, and everybody's going to try to make the game about me. And I don't want it about, about me. I want it to be about our players. And so, uh, you know, the bottom line is what I'm most worried about is getting young men to play their guts out here are going to be sore as heck tomorrow and how we're going to prepare two games. Or tomorrow they can't, they can't really practice much. Monday and Tuesday we probably won't even be able to go shoulder pads. Then we get on a plane. Yeah. We don't get our full practice in like I want to because we got to leave early because of the time we get there. And then we go play. A Big Ten team that was number three in the country in defense. So, But... Uh, it's a tall task, but you know what? Looking forward to it for our kids. Okay, so my initial thoughts here, Manny, and I want you to hop in or just wait until I'm done, however you want to handle this. I have, I have, I have many thoughts, but go ahead. <laughs> Some of them might be the same as mine. Okay, <laughs> if you don't want the game to be about you, quit saying things like, quote, the guy that's there now, end right. quote. Quit doing an interview with any anybody and everybody that will listen to you and then continue to float things that you don't like about PJ. Again, he's gone back to the, I really don't think he cares about the players, which uh, we'll never know if that's true or not true. Only PJ knows that. But at the end of the day, is it really such a bad thing that he has those kids at the hospital every week volunteering and doing things within the community, even if he doesn't care about the kids at all? Is it really such a bad thing that he has them doing a lot in the community? Which, yes, I know Jerry Kill did as well. But if you want the game to be about you, quit doing those interviews. Quit saying things like, the guy that's there now. And quit floating rumors that you may or may not shake his hand. That that's To me, it's as simple as that. If you want the game to be about the game, which it was never going to be, even if you were turning under great circumstances... But if you want us to at least think that you believe that, that you want the game to be about the game, which, by the way, is a lie. He wants it to be about him. Always has since he resurfaced. Quit saying things like that. That's Those are my takeaways. Manny? Well, first off, what I want to know is what was – Somebody was somebody like slamming a book down on a table or something, or was he slamming his hand down? Jerry was banging the table, and I should have set that up. He kept banging his hand on the table to like create emphasis. And the table, I mean, first off, he's sitting at a table. This is his home stadium, okay? This is his home stadium in Las Cruces, New Mexico. He is sitting at a folding table that looks to be, I'm not joking, the, the table looks to be about 30, 40 years old. And it's just a wooden table. It's not even skirted with like a New Mexico State table throw or anything. It's literally just a wooden table. Now, he is behind like the New Mexico State banners and such. But the table literally looked like they went to a storage closet that also had a mop bucket. And they took it out and set it up just five minutes before he showed up. But the the pounding, that was uh, Jerry creating emphasis. Well, listen, I... You and I, we've talked about this, you know, multiple times. Every time Jerry has something to say about P.J. Fleck, 
over the last you know handful of years we've we've kind of had this conversation i i mean i as a gopher fan and somebody who has followed the program you know since i was you know 11 12 13 years old i'm very appreciative of what jerry kill did in his you know four i guess four and a half seasons as the head coach i mean he inherited a a gigantic mess i mean he he brought this program out of the abyss of the tim brewster era and he deserves credit for that but ross as we have talked about a million times this is not jerry kill's program anymore it's not and unfortunately he had to step away from the program for health reasons and you know i think a lot of people felt like he was going to be done with coaching after this because of you know all of the health things that he was dealing with obviously he has not been he has found himself as an assistant at at uh, a couple of different places he when uh jerry patterson uh left tcu jerry took over there and and was the was the interim head coach there for what was it the last like two or three games of the season or something like that that year um and now here he is uh leading the way for new mexico state and i just i just don't understand why he has to keep doing this because it's not it's not making him look good it's you know, it, it it's putting a focus on the game that doesn't really need to be on it because, in theory, on paper, the Gophers should roll the hell out of the Aggies in this game coming up on Thursday. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I just – maybe he's doing this to try and take pressure off of the players, but in a game like this, I don't understand why that would even be necessary. You know what I mean? Because you just want your kids, you'd want those kids to just go out there and compete as hard as they possibly can. I mean, they're not going to win the game unless the Gophers have a bowling green type performance like they did last year. Um, so, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't understand the, I don't understand what, what Jerry is trying to get at here. It, to me, it just sounds like he is still very bitter about how things ended here. And he doesn't have a great relationship with PJ. I think that, goes without saying even though pj was one of his assistants for a few years um you know at uh at northern illinois i you know i i don't know i i just i don't get it i i really don't understand it it's been it's been seven years now since since uh jerry was gone since he since he last coached with the gophers so i don't I don't get it, man. I really don't. You know, in our day-to-day lives, how we will try and, in our own heads, we'll rationalize things. You know, one that I do is, I think Tom Cruise is crazy. I don't particularly care for Tom Cruise, but I won't ever not see a Tom Cruise movie. I'm trying to do the same thing with Jerry Kill, where I, I would love to see him turn around New Mexico State. I'd love to see that team play in third tier bowl games. I, I would love if he has success there. I don't wish anything bad upon him. I try and separate what he did as coach of the Gophers versus everything that's happened since then. I just I try and separate them and and not not hold what he's saying now against like you said the appreciativeness of what he did as coach because aside from not being able to beat Wisconsin there were some pretty good times going to Michigan and winning 
winning a game at Michigan for the first time since Jesus came back. You know, so that that was that was he good. Beat Iowa twice. Yeah, beat Iowa twice. Uh, beat the crap out of him in one of those games. Yeah, ran a number up on him at then TCF Bank Stadium. So I try and separate all of those things. The part that I keep coming back to that I struggle with is why why he keeps bringing all this stuff up. I, I, I just still sense, and he's alluded to it before, you know, when he got the job at New Mexico State, he said things like, oh, they, they thought the old ball coach would never coach again. Well, okay, not many of us, we said that because you said it. It, it wasn't like people were right. doubting you. You you stepped away, and he feels so wronged by everything that happened here, which, to your point, it's not your program anymore, Jerry. And at some point, whether it's three years, five years, 10 years, or 20 years, it won't be P.J. Flex program anymore. This is how college athletics works. So think, calm down, you know, buddy. You know what, Ross? I just think part of this, I think there's there's so many different things here. I think... You know, when Jerry resigned and stepped away and Tracy Clays took over on an interim basis and then at the, after the season, Tracy became the, the head coach full-time. I, I, you know, I, I don't think Jerry, certainly when he first took the Gophers job, I don't think he anticipated that 11 years later he would be coaching at New Mexico State. And... When you think about how his run at Minnesota went, he was doing a pretty good job. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like he was doing a poor job and he didn't advance the program and then he got fired and now he's at New Mexico State. Coached in a New Year's Day Bowl. He did. And he had them. And that year that they went to that New Year's Day Bowl, the, the Citrus Bowl, they were on the doorsteps of the Big Ten championship game. They had a lead at halftime against Wisconsin at Camp Randall. They were 30 minutes away from going to the Big Ten championship game for the right to be rolled by Ohio State by four touchdowns, most likely. <laughs> but still, they were on the doorstep of, you know, they they were, let's just put it this way, they were essentially two wins. He had them two wins away from the Rose Bowl, basically, um, that season. So I think a lot of people felt like he did a pretty good job here. I think he really feels like he did a really good job here. And it obviously didn't end the way that he wanted it to. And I think there's still a lot of a lot of bitterness harbored over that. And I I think even after Tracy Clay's got the job, I think there's there were some things that happened that he didn't like very much. I don't think he liked that Tracy got removed from the job. I don't think that Yeah, I think know, that's I a lot of it, Manny. I think that's a lot of yeah. it. He still feels like Tracy was wronged. Which is yep. kind of ironic because I think back to Matt Limegrover being out as Gophers, Gophers offensive coordinator, whatever gear that would have been. Did Tracy make that move with Jerry knowing it or did Jerry not know at all? Because I think Jerry would have felt a little upset one way or another. I, at least I would think so because Matt Limegrover was also his guy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just it just feels like I think Jerry envisioned himself – I think he probably envisioned himself still being the head coach of the Gophers, you know, of the Gophers by this by this time at, you know, because he's, what, 60 now, 61, I think, at this point. I think he still felt like he would still be the Gophers coach now or that he should be. Um, and I think he felt like if he was not going to be, that it should still be Tracy Clays. 
And I think you just factor those two things together and he's just very upset. And I, I mean, at some point you just have to move on and you have to move forward and you be proud of the job that you did here. You are still appreciated here i think it's certainly by fans and a lot of people still appreciate the job that he did i think there's going to be some booing on thursday night i I really do yeah yeah i really do at this point i think you know i if there is booing on thursday night i i think it's it's booing that jerry has earned at this point because he could have taken the high road and taken the mature route and just been like you know what there were some things that happened that i didn't necessarily agree with but life goes on and I still have a lot of love for Minnesota and the fans, and I wish them well. And that could have been the end of it, but, you know, I guess not. Uh, very quickly, do the Gophers cover 36 and a half? I'll tell you, I don't like that number. That's a lot of points. They're not going to cover that. No, and the Gophers, traditionally, they don't play all that well in non-conference games, even in games that they should win. If they're going to beat somebody by 36 and a half, it would probably be Western Illinois the following week. Yeah. That's my hunch. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that that seems like a pretty high number, even for a game that the Gophers should win pretty handily. I have a hard time believing they're going to win by five touchdowns. Couple, Maybe four. Couple quick hitters for you. Then we're going to do five filler questions on the Twins. If the Minnesota Twins miss the playoffs, how disappointing do you find it? And I'll frame it to you this way: I think you have to look at it in two different prisms, if that's the right word. At the beginning of the year, I thought the Minnesota Twins were a playoff team. I, I, I think I said I'm not positive they'll win the division. I think that'll be the White Sox. But I do think the Twins will get one of the wild card spots. And then the season gets rolling. And to a lot of people, not necessarily me, but to a lot of people, the Twins were overachieving. So I think to the majority, there's two ways to look at this. At the beginning of the year... Maybe the team was overachieving, so if they missed the playoffs, it's really not that big of a deal. Or you can look at it my way and just hypothetically say, okay, maybe they were overachieving. I don't believe that. I think this is actually a pretty good team. But I look at all the things that have went wrong and, in my estimation, things that they have done wrong to sabotage themselves. I mean, I was I, I was joking but also serious. I mean, there are days I pull up my phone and look at the standings, and I honestly can't comprehend how they're not in first place. I mean, this is a team, I kid you not, Manny, we should be rounding third base, heading towards home of the regular season, and they should have a lead in the American League Central of somewhere between 7 and 10 games, in my estimation, and they're sitting on this record date, still in it, still could win the division and make the playoffs, but they're two games back. So I would say if they miss the playoffs, Manny, based off of the start, and how prolonged, I don't even want to say slide because it's never been a slide, but it was literally almost three months of less than 500 baseball. That, to me, would make missing the playoffs very disappointing because this team is, they're not great, but they're they are pretty good. And and I would lump, I would lump Carlos Correa into the disappointment. I just, I don't think he's... He hasn't been nearly what you thought you were getting for $35.5 million, both offensively and defensively, by the way. If you look at his advanced stats defensively, the, the stat geeks, defensive people will tell you he really hasn't even been all that great defensively this year. So I'm, yeah. I'm all types of disappointed. I'll, I'll tell you that. Yeah. No, and, and, you, and, and listen, you should be. You know why you should be? Because the standard for this team 
when you go out and you give Carlos Correa, even though it's you know essentially a one-year contract, you give him a three-year contract that's essentially a one-year contract with multiple options on it, you are telling everybody that you are trying to compete and you are trying to win this division and make some noise in the postseason. $35 million, Manny, even to anybody on a one-year deal signifies we're trying to win. 100%. And on top of that, I'll even add to that. You look at the standings. You mentioned the standings. Who's in first place right now? The, the Guardians. Guardians. A team that nobody even thought was trying to win this year. And can't hit. And can't hit. And they're winning because of their pitching, because their their pitching is outstanding, and it's been outstanding for, you know, it's really they've the, Cleveland has been churning out terrific pitching, young young arms. They've been for churning out a decade now. They've been churning out great arms since Derek Falvey found all of them. Yeah, just ask him. <laughs> yeah, and and they're still finding them, even though Derek Falvey's been gone for six years. <clears throat> Did I say that out loud? Um. Anyway, um. But but think about this. We went into this season. Who was the team that we thought that the Twins were going – if the Twins were going to compete for this division, who was the team that had the target on their back? Chicago. The White Sox. Yep. It was the White Sox. And the White Sox have been – I mean, you want to talk about disappointments. The White Sox have been one of the biggest disappointments far, in baseball this year. Far more disappointing than the Twins. Far more. A- absolutely. And to me, what makes this Twins season a disappointment if they fail to make the playoffs is – the White Sox essentially handed you a, a, a coupon by being by underachieving this year. They had they oh, was it a win this coupon. division free coupon? Is that what yes. it was? <laughs> yes. And the fact that you couldn't take advantage of that of the team that won this division pretty handily last year with ninety three wins is now you know they might not even finish above five hundred. They're two games under right now as of this recording. They handed you a win the AL Central free coupon, and you haven't taken advantage of it. And that, to me, is is a huge disappointment. And and look, they they did what we wanted them to do at the deadline. You know, they went and got the the pitching arms that they needed. They went and got a starter. Absolutely, they got arms for the bullpen. You know, it would have been nice for them to get a bat, which they weren't able to do. And now we're seeing now over the last couple of weeks you know save for this past weekend against the the giants you know the bats have been struggling now would have been nice to have i don't know you know joey gallo or somebody like that that can just give you a little bit of an extra boost um in your lineup um so i think just overall yeah i mean you you make all those moves and and <laughs> it really the moves haven't really helped you they were good moves and they were the right moves to make. You know what Derek they Falvey... Haven't, they haven't helped you in the standings at all. You know what Derek Falvey and Thad Levine love? Pitchers with arms falling off. They just... <laughs> they have a soft spot yeah. for those guys. Sam Dyson, Kenta Maeda, yeah. our guy Trevor Molly, Chris, Chris Paddock. Chris Paddock, yeah. <laughs> It's incredible. Yeah, every, it's, every, every starter they acquire, something happens to the arm. Yeah, and and I don't, you know, the the paddock thing was just a complete, you know, they kind of got screwed on the Dyson deal because, you know, apparently the Giants didn't disclose all the information that that they needed on on Dyson or whatever, and, you know. But the paddock thing was one thousand percent on them. I mean, a guy gets, you know, some sort of injection into his UCL, the, in his the, elbow right. in the off season, and then you still 
pull the trigger on it. He already time. had one major surgery, and they yeah. knew he was having issues in the offseason. But, yeah. you know, again, I mean, I'll, I, I will give them a little bit of credit from the standpoint of they knew they weren't going to sign a guy in in Rodgers who really hasn't been all that good. So in yeah. theory, if you got a starter and a reliever in return, that's pretty good. However, that reliever who I think will save for a different day, when I say the Twins should be up 7 to 10 games, he single-handedly cost them about 7 games. Well, <laughs> so. I was just going to say we don't, we don't have we don't have to save Emilio Pagan for another day. We can talk about it right now. I mean, the there is, and I've seen you tweet this a couple of times already. There's no reason for him to continue to pitch, Ross. No, none. none. Not in any game that matters at this point. He has, he has cost you more games than he has helped you win. So what what are we doing here? Because you're trying to still salvage the the Taylor Rogers trade. Well, Taylor Rogers is already playing on his second team since the trade. So, and Chris Paddock is out. You know, Chris Paddock was supposed to be the prize of the deal. That was supposed to be the the big get of the deal of sending Taylor Rogers to San Diego. Well, you're not going to have him. Obviously, you you had him for, what, three starts this year. You're probably not going to have him for much next year. So trying to salvage this by continuing to throw – Emilio Pagan out there just makes zero sense to me. I think it's, it's costing you. It's costing you your season. I think it's what this front office loves to do. They they love to double down when they think they're right. I think we've seen that multiple times when they bring in insert fourth or fifth old washed up starter here, and they refuse to cut bait with them until the last possible moment. And I think we're seeing a little bit of that again with Emilio Pagan, which I, I I would get it if you were eight to 10 games out of first place and it didn't really matter. The reality is again, at the beginning of the year, if you would have told me they're only two games out of a playoff spot on record date of August 29th, I would have said, that's great. You know? So it's not, it's not all over. Things are still okay. Everything the twins want are right in front of them. I will say though, I am living in a world of doom and gloom because it just feels so inevitable the Twins will go to Yankee Stadium and lose three out of four, if not all four games. That, however, will save for when and if that does or does not happen. Manny, just give me one very quick, less than 30-second Minnesota Vikings take for 2022. Whatever you want. can be good, bad, negative, neutral. Give me some sort of take for 2022. Well, Colin Cowherd thinks they're going to go 13-4 and four and win the division, and ESPN's initial power rankings before the season starts has them as the 23rd best team in the league out of 32. So when you factor those two things in, I think they're going to go 9-8. and eight. Yeah, I was just going to say, do you meet somewhere in the middle? Well, yeah. you know my thought. Until, until the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins, I say largely, I'd say largely Kirk Cousins, even though I acknowledge it's not all on him, until the team goes anything less than seven and ten, or better than ten and seven, I'm just going to look at Kirk Cousins' ten-year career average and say, "Hey, he's 500 quarterback." They'll go somewhere between seven and ten and ten and seven. I well, hope- and how do we know? How do we know what this team is even going to look like, Ross? We didn't see anybody play in the preseason. Nope. We don't know. We don't know what this team's going to look like. I mean, how how does how does Cowan how does Colin Cowherd think that this team's going to go 13 and four based off of what? Well, a few years ago, Colin Cowherd, this, I, I think literally only like two, three years ago, maybe the year before the pandemic, he picked the Packers to win the division, but then said the Vikings had the best roster in either the NFC or the NFL. So he's 
He's long been a part of uh of Skull Nation. That's me doing the Skull Chant, which I can't stand. So is it possible? Is it possible that that's what he's looking at? It's still largely the same roster as it was three, four years ago, at least when it comes to the major players. I think maybe maybe it's just a like a like Rob Parker predicting Tom Brady's downfall every single year. It just, you just keep rolling with it, and one of these years, I'm you know. I'm going to keep saying this every year, and eventually I'm going to be right. It's not the year until it is the year. Yeah. (laughs) Let me tell you all about Beans Coffee Company. They're about more than just providing fresh, great-tasting coffee. Beans, they're also about simplicity and convenience. And let me tell you, with how chaotic and hectic my last 30 days has been, what Beans Coffee does... They've simplified my life, at least the coffee drinking portion. What could be easier than fresh roasted coffee showing up on your doorstep without ever having to remember to even place that order or go pick some up? Go to coffeebybeans.com and sign up for a coffee subscription. Subscriptions can be set up in one to eight week intervals and they can be customized to your favorite blend. I have a few of them. I love, love the Mikado. Don't forget to use the promo code SPORTSCHAT, that's SPORTSCHAT, when you sign up and check out and save 10%. Subscription's not your thing, absolutely not a problem. Order by the bag, too. Beans Coffee Company ships anywhere in the U.S. with free shipping on all orders of three bags or more. Coffeebybeans.com. Go to coffeebybeans.com. Promo code SPORTSCHAT. Manny, do you want five filler questions as we round out edition number 124 of Minnesota Sports Chat? Lay it on me. Let's get these five questions. I love how I ask you, but you're going to get them anyways. You could have said no, and I would have said, well, I'm going to read them. All right, five filler, filler, filler questions. Question number one, Kelly Giddish is leaving Law & Order SVU. Manny, when I marry Kelly Giddish, will she be Kelly Brendel? Kelly Giddish Brendel or Kelly Brendel Giddish? I think you are going to change your name to Ross Giddish. That's what I Because <laughs> I will be giddy. Giddy for Giddish. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag giddy for Giddish. Let's go. Yeah. I saw that news last week. That was kind of a bummer. She's been on the show for a long time. She has. And, and I don't know where, when are we going to see there? I'm assuming she's out in the premiere. Is that what probably happens? I don't. I don't know. She said, that, or is it the entire season? Maybe I don't know. I, she said that season twenty-four would be her last. So that's kind of my my guess is that she'll be on for the whole season, and then she, maybe she leaves, you know, on the last last episode of the season or something. Well, good for her. We'll we'll miss her, but it is nice to get some new blood. Mm-hmm. You and I both we have a bit of a love hate relationship with the Minnesota State Fair. But with yes, that said, and I think I know your answer. What do you need to eat when you're there? Um, we'll just go with my. I'll I'll just list off my go-to's. Uh, corn on the cob is always a must-get every time. Um, it's kind of an old-school one, but corn on the cob, mini donuts, French fries, um, deep-fried ravioli. Um, what did I have on Friday? I had uh, oh, I had the um, uh, I had the alligator the deep fried alligator as well that's pretty good too um tastes just like chicken um that's a rave review 
Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's about I'm, – I'm just thinking of everything that I had on Friday. I'm a big fan of the gizmo. Like 12 hours on Friday, by the way. Oh, I was there for like nine on Saturday, and I'll still be there three or four more times. I'm a big fan of the gizmo. Very, It's very normal, but it's fantastic. Also, the, the turkey sandwich from Turkey to Go, I swear they marinate oh, yeah. that stuff for like a year. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, so good. good. So that's that's what I would go with. Okay, Manny, the final score and MVP of Super Bowl 15. Uh, that would have been the Raiders and the Eagles at the Superdome. The Raiders won 27 to 10. And I want to say Jim Plunkett was the MVP. Did I nail all of that? <laughs> that just, to me, is mind-boggling. <laughs> I just chose Super Bowl fifteen at random. No real reason. I also yeah. entirely forgot that Jim Plunkett existed. I laugh every time I see his name. I don't know why Plunkett's just a great last name. He's a great college quarterback and then struggled in New England and found his calling with the uh, with the Raiders. He's- He put a ring on it. Good for him. The best movie you've seen in 2022 is? Oh, good question. Um, What have I seen this year? Do I get a good question in the Mackie and Judd rankings for? That's a good question. I'm trying. Oh, gosh. I'm trying to think of all the movies that I've seen this year. Well, Manny Tap Dances, I do thank everybody who's listening in the Score North Taxi Squad feed. You're listening to Minnesota Sports Chat. Thank you for stumbling into this. If you wouldn't mind rating and reviewing Minnesota Sports Chat and subscribing to Minnesota Sports Chat wherever you get your pods, I'd love that. Or just remain here. That works too, I guess. Um, I will say... Oh, no, you know what? I'll say Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick you know- is really good. I figured I that was got around to seeing it and it was good. I figured that was going to be your answer because I think it's everybody's answer for 2022. I don't yeah. love Top Gun. I did love the movie. And by yeah. default, you know me, I used to go to the movie theater every week prior to the pandemic. Now I just don't. My habits have changed. It might be the best movie I've seen in 2022 because I think I've only seen a few movies in the theater in 2022. <laughs> so I guess I'd have to go with Top Gun Maverick too. Okay, here's your final question. And here's the final talking point for the 124th edition of Minnesota Sports Chat. Have I had you on since we went to Canada A together? I don't think you've been on, have you? Nope. Okay. So we'll talk about this. A couple weeks ago. Yep. So you and I were detained by Canadian Border Patrol agents and immigration when entering Canada a few weeks ago. This is a true story. My car was searched twice. (laughs) At any point while my car was being searched, I got to sneeze. Hang on. Kind of takes the takes the mojo out of the sentence there. At any point while my car was being searched, did you worry that I was secretly trying to move drugs or narcotics into Canada? Did you ever once think, this person that I think I know, what if I don't know him? What if that car is loaded with drugs? Because there's a reason why they're searching it. What was going through your head? Because I thought it was comical. I'm like, there is nothing in that car. Have fun. Well, I see, that, 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 that's my thing, too. I, I was just thinking, like... I mean, I, I guess I kind of get what they were doing because when we first pulled into the into the booth, the guy asked us where we were from, and we basically gave gave three know, different answers. Like, yeah, me, you, and BJ, <laughs> we all gave him three different answers, even though we all live in the Twin Cities metro. None of us live in 
Minneapolis or St. Paul, but we all live in the surrounding suburbs. Uh, but he, I guess he kind of assumed that we were from like three completely different corners of Minnesota or something. I don't, I he, don't know. He also didn't love the way I drove up to the, whatever you want to call it, the, the border patrol area where you check in. What but, was that about? Well, but yeah. yeah. And then he was upset that I stopped at the stop sign. I'm like, well, there's a stop sign. <laughs> and then he said, well, you don't have to stop if there's nobody here. I'm like, well, the sign doesn't say that it says stop. Yeah. Okay. So just... you weren't worried. No, I, w- I wasn't. I mean, because none of us, I mean, I'm not s- trying to smuggle any weapons or narcotics across the border. You weren't going to do that. BJ wasn't going to do that. So, I mean. No, if anything, wouldn't we have been trying to take stuff out of Canada? They're much more I- lax on a lot of things than the United States is. Right. And which is kind of funny because, you know, I mean, obviously we didn't bring anything back, but, you know, aside from, you know, I guess some souvenirs that we had purchased or whatever. But on the way back, we pulled into the booth, and the guy just asked us what we did for a living and was like, okay, have a safe trip, guys. Yeah, get home. Get out of my hair. <laughs> that was it. So I don't know. It was a fun trip, though. It was a good, no, it was, it was a good time. I think, we'll, I think we'll do it again at some point. I don't know when, but we will. I mean, probably a few years down the road. I'm, but a, it was... full-fledged, I'm a full-fledged Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan now, by the way, thanks to you. Yeah, no, no, it's fun. You'll be, you'll be, I mean, you thought you had your life all tied up watching college football in the NFL. Now you have to potentially watch Blue Bombers games on Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, or Sunday night because they'll be in the mix for a third straight Grey Cup. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It, it. it was fun. It was, I think, more fun than I expected it to be, and I knew it would be fun. Yeah, it was uh, it was a great time, and unfortunately, they lost the game that we went to, but they they bounced back nicely uh, last week. So I, I said this a few pods ago, the Blue Bombers hadn't lost in 264 days until we showed up. The Gold Eyes hadn't lost in seven straight home games until we showed up. The stink <laughs> of Minnesota sports follows us wherever we go. Yeah, they they might not let us back in next time. Maybe Man. that'll be the reason why they stop us at the border next time is to make sure we're not going to bring our Minnesota sports curses across the border. Manny, you're the best. We'll see if the Gophers can cover that 36 and a half a little bit later on this week. Thanks, bud. Oh, you got it, man. Anytime. At Manny Hill 84 on the Twitter machine. Make sure if you're in the Twin Cities, check him out on Jazz 88, 88.5 FM or on the web at Jazz 88. FM. That'll do it for edition 124. Edition 125 comes your way. Early next week, I'm Ross Brendel. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review, and please tell your friends and family all about Minnesota Sports Chat.